Welcome to Mindful Living with me, your host, Athea Davis, where I help you thrive, shine, and feel fully alive in all aspects of your life. It's equal parts informative, insightful, and inspiring. My guests and I share information and perspectives on a wide variety of topics to help you awaken and simply be and become a more aware and connected human aligned to their greatest truths, values, and potential. Remember, the world needs your unique spark in action. So let's breathe deep, shine bright, and light up the world a few shades brighter. Hey there, and welcome to episode 134, 10 Ways You're Destroying Your Calm. I'm going to dive into some things today that I have personally struggled with. I have not perfected them all, but I feel like I have grown by leaps and bounds in many of the things that I'm going to highlight today. And if you find yourself realizing as I list these 10 ways you might be destroying your calm, give yourself some grace, right? This is a learning journey. This is not a sprint. You are not going to transform you know, into your best self and and reignite that inner spark overnight, over months, over a year and years. It's just one step, one moment, one intentional breath at a time. Those small steps really do matter in our potential awaken. What's the word I'm trying to to use? Our our potential awakening. There we go. Uh, it really does matter the little steps because I think we can get overwhelmed with, oh wow, you know, maybe you were inspired by something you heard on the podcast. Maybe it was someone else's or a book that you read or an experience lately that you've had. And you go in full force, you know, You're like, okay, I'm going to change this thing that I'm eating, or I'm going to try some meditation, or I'm going to, you know, get my body and my mind aligned. I'm going to try some yoga. I'm going to, you know, revamp my exercise routine, do something with my sleep. You know, name the thing that, that you are committed to working on or that you're thinking about And sometimes we can head into that, you know, really inspired and with full energy. And as we go through that, we notice that our energy and that same inspiration will begin to wane. That's completely normal. It's completely natural. And so we might have some unhealthy habits and behavior patterns that try to come back online and distract us from taking that one breath or step or being in that moment to be, you know, fully committed to our own personal awakening, living our truth in alignment with our values. And so um, there isn't an easy answer for, and I want to preface it right before I start going through these 10 ways, because there isn't this one formula that you're going to be able to do, this one thing, and it's going to make all the difference. For each of us, we're unique, and a lot of this is trial and error. And the great thing about mindful living, being committed to having a mindful-type practice, it can be contemplative, it could be... Um, 
you know, a meditation practice. It could be movement oriented or all, all of the things that I've talked about in the past is that they help bring that self-awareness and that self-awareness is like shining a light on those darker spaces on the inside and in our mind, our heart and our body. And when we shed light on those spaces, then we can take action to shift them and change them. All right, so 10 ways you may be destroying your calm. I said I've already experienced all of these and I am not perfect, but definitely committed to shifting all of these. Number one is boundaries, the big B word. This boundaries, oh my goodness, it's like a, it's a whole course, <laughs> you know, uh, there's a, a great book by uh, Nidra Tawab. Um, I hope I pronounced your last name correctly, Nidra, but she has this awesome little book um, on boundaries and setting boundaries, finding peace, I think is the name of the book. I didn't have it written down and I don't have the book in front of me, but she, really practical book. And she has some really great ways where she's specifically writing scripts and conversations of things that may be happening where you're trying to set boundaries or your boundaries are being overstepped and what to do. So I say with stuff and people because sometimes we could have boundary issues with social media, with, you know, being on it too much, too much, too many podcasts. We could have boundary issues with people. We have not, um, we're not maybe great at communicating the things that we need. We bend and sway with what others want from us or, or, you know, and we think we should give those things without really tuning in to who we are and what we would do in response to our values and when we're in alignment with our best self, right? So any action that comes from, Really, any, So when we're taking any action, we want to make sure that that's coming from our values that are guiding us and we're in alignment, mind, body, spirit. Are we always there? No, we're not perfect. You know, we're going to make mistakes. Uh, we're going to realize we've um, overstepped a boundary, said too much, said too little. And part of being on the journey of self-awakening and, and shedding that light of self-awareness on these darker spaces is just becoming... Uh, you know, again, that becoming aware of where we need to work with boundaries. You know, where every relationship in our life, the good ones, the ones that we would describe as maybe not so great, uh, the distant ones, the close ones, they're all teaching us something uh, about who we are. Because we uh, can always you know we have the power to respond with all of all of the things that are coming our way and part of the training uh in the sense of like mind training and meditation and um, yoga mindful movement any of the things I've talked about on the podcast is they they can help us feel grounded and settled in a very chaotic space and world and so there's number one, check your boundaries. You could even make that part of your um, end of year goal. I say end of year, we're almost in, by the time this airs, it's end of September. It's almost October. 
And so if you're looking to revamp up on your goals and looking at where you want to focus your time and energy and attention, perhaps boundaries is one of them. It's something that is always top of mind. Um, well, I don't know if I would say always, but maybe in the, in the last couple of years, I've spent a lot of time thinking about boundaries and what boundaries that I need. Remember, boundaries are are for you. They are not for the other person. So it's for you, me, you know, understanding what you need to be um, healthy in mind, body, and spirit, and learning how to communicate that in a direct, but also kind. So like a kind, direct way. You know, when I say direct, I don't mean rude or mean, but direct. You know, you don't have to gloss over sugarcoat just letting those in your life know um, what are non-negotiables for you what do you need to really feel grounded uh, in any given situation and so that is and it can be fun it can be fun to explore the different things in your life whether it's you know I don't like loud noise during this time or when you come home from work or you transition from one experience outside the home into the home maybe you need time to get settled to transition into this new space and you require a certain amount of time alone to be able to transition in that space I don't know if that's true for you I'm just giving you examples that you may want to investigate and understand where you may to you know may need to turn your attention so if we don't have if we're not clear on our boundaries then and they're very porous we're gonna create a lot of or the potential to create a lot of chaos occurs chaos inside and outside of our life so give a little inventory check a little audit check to to boundaries And boundaries, again, are things that you need to be healthy in mind, body, and spirit. You're going to have boundaries with people that are living in your home. You're going to have boundaries with people in your work life. You're going to have boundaries with friends, with anybody in your life. You're going to need certain things to be able to keep that relationship healthy and thriving. And that is going to be a journey for you to learn what are those and how how to communicate that. It's probably a different podcast episode. All right, number two. And this one has taken me some time. I still really struggle with this. It's uh, overscheduling. So when we overschedule, we, you know, planning is good, but overscheduling can look like we're not putting enough time in between activities that we put on our calendar, either personally or for work, to process, to just have downtime, to process the experience, to, and processing looks different for everybody, right? We're all unique humans. And so I need, for example, time to process things kinesthetically. I need to move. I need to um, either walk or run or do some yoga. And sometimes I need a lot of movement to really process something that I've experienced. It could be a book that I'm reading, a course that I'm taking, a conversation that I've had personally or professionally, and I need that time. 
in the past, when I've looked at my my calendar, I was definitely in when I began what I would call my self awakening journey. I would I was so excited. I was just filling my calendar with all the things like I can do this and that, and I can do everything. And I didn't really give myself the time to process. I just went from one thing to another, and it really. Um, it really ended up catching up with me, you know, in some sense it can create that feeling of burnout where then you get to a point where you don't want to do anything. You just are tired in your mind and your body. You're tired in all the ways. And I think, you know, again, this is like many of these I'm going to talk about today are like audits, like where it's going to take some reflection to think about, you know what, is this why I'm feeling so stressful? Is this why I'm feeling not balanced? Is is this why I'm feeling not in alignment? You know, these could be ways and reasons that you're destroying your own calm because you are maybe meditating or doing yoga retreats or yoga, but you're doing it excessively and you're not giving your time to process. Process is, you know, where you're letting intentionality go. You're just giving yourself that downtime to enjoy some tea. You know, take a walk without it having to be mindful, just for the sheer joy to let your mind wander and play. These are the times that you're really going to start making connections with the things that you're learning about yourself and how you want to then relate to the world. So I needed a quick drink of water there. So overscheduling, I, I, I'm actually, I don't know, maybe the past year, I've, I feel like I've shifted a lot where I've taken a lot of things out of my calendar and I'm giving myself a lot of downtime, especially on the weekends. And, and I'm learning so much in that process where I realize, wow, I need a lot of downtime after this certain experience where I'm taking in a lot of information or I've had a big emotional experience that's taken me on a roller coaster. And I ha- am having to give myself a lot of grace because there's that part of me that loves to create and do and in order to keep doing that, I also need to allow this other part of myself to process and heal in a way where I'm not overscheduling. Because when I tend to overschedule, that means I'm not paying attention to this energetic shift going on within. And it just gets, you know, another thing packed on top of it. And so that moment of transformation isn't happening or the the possibility for transformation isn't happening because of overscheduled. Now, we live in a really busy world and we have to look at what is priority. We often think all the things we're doing is priority, but I bet you I don't know, I don't bet, but I you know, I if you look at it on your own end, you know, you're doing your audit, um you will highly or it's very likely you will discover that the things you're thinking are priority are maybe not priority and um it's taken me some time to learn that one too and so I just want to these are just seeds just seeds of a little wisdom I've learned over the years that I want to share with you 
Okay, so overscheduling, audit your calendar, see what's really, you know, important for you, personally, professionally, all those things. The third one is fearing saying no. <laughs> so fearing saying no. You know, there. I don't know who said this. I've heard it many times when you say, I think that, uh, there's an opposite to this, like, um, or maybe this will be the next one too, but... Uh, so maybe I'll just hold that thought for the for number four. But we're on number three, fearing saying no. So you could possibly be a people pleaser. You're unsure of what to say no to and what to say yes to. And you might have a values misalignment. You're trying to please everyone. You want to be liked. You want to be, um, yeah, that you want to be liked. And so you fear being rejected if you... Um, if you, you know, say no to something. And so you just are that, that yes. And again, I've personally had experience with this and have had to really look at, you know what? I love the idea that someone's sharing with me. I love the project that they're sharing with me. And when I take a look at just where I am personally and what I can do in terms of time commitment and just all the things I have learned to say, you know what, that sounds amazing. And my schedule, I have other priorities in my schedule right now. And I, I wish you the best of luck, you know, in doing this project. I know you'll find the right people. It doesn't have to be like this uncomfortable thing. Um, it just has to be you really being grounded in what is important to you. You're going to get a lot of requests and you probably already do. And as you start to take steps and taking steps in the direction of your own self-awakening, you are going to engage in more conversations and uh, connect with more people that are doing really um, impactful things in the world. And your heartstrings are going to be tugged in all the places that you wish you could do that, all of it. And the, the truth is, is that you can't. You're one person. And you also need time for yourself and to process the things that you're experiencing and that you're committed to. So fearing saying no, this is going to get you into a big slump grump. So if you're that person, I want you working on saying the right no's. How do you know the right no's? You got to know your values. You've got, you've got to know like what is the most important thing for you at this time and if somebody comes with a request and you just don't, you would love to do it, but it's not aligned to what you're working on at the time, it's okay. You can say that no. They're still going to love you. It's okay. All right, number four, saying yes too much. So three and four are kind of related. Fearing saying no. And there's also on the flip side of that saying yes too much. So you're people pleasing. So um I don't remember who said this. It's uh, if when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else and vice versa, right? When you're saying no to something, you're also saying yes to something else. So you want to be clear on what you want to say yes to and no to. We've all been there where you said yes to something because you thought, oh, I don't know all the reasons. So maybe you you feel like you owe somebody your time or 
you just want to be nice. You want to be accepted by this organization, this community, this person. And so you say yes, and then you regret doing it because you know you've overscheduled and now you're in a stress mess. Don't put yourself in that position. The people that are really loving you authentically are not going to get offended when you say no that you don't have the time, that you have other things. If it were really important to them, that would be maybe a different conversation and you'd engage in a little bit more in-depth conversation about whatever the issue is. So all my people pleasers out there, your value is not dependent on what you do for other people. You are valuable because you were born to live your unique spark in action. I hope you heard me on that one. Your value is not determined by all the things you do for other people. It, it's not. I want you to start discovering that value from in, from within. All right, so that's number four. Number five, you don't really have a routine. Or if you do, it's very inconsistent, meaning you wake up irregularly. Um, you don't really have a, a regular bedtime routine. Um, you just don't really, you're not a routine-oriented person. <clears throat> Maybe you lean into more of the spontaneity thing. And, uh, and routine, having a routine can be so incredibly helpful to creating the control that many of us that have challenges with um, anxiety from time to time, it can give us that sense of control. There's a lot in the world that we cannot control, but what we can is how we're going to organize our day to an extent. I understand there are some schedules we might not be able to control, but how we schedule our time around those. And so routines are really important. So again, this is more like an audit list, like for you to think, am I, am I doing these things and how can I shift them? So, you know, all the ways you might be destroying your, destroying your calm is not having a routine. Um, routines are so important for creating calm throughout your day and the chaos of it all. In the morning, in transitions, in the evening, at night, anytime that you have 100% ownership of your schedule, put a routine around it. How's that going to look for you? I don't know because you're going to have to try what works for you. Morning and evening routines are key for me. Getting up earlier, um, so I have time to get my mind and my spirit in alignment with who, my best and highest self that I want to be that day. And at, at late afternoon, bedtime routines are important. Getting my physical exercise in. I, I love to run in the late afternoons after school. And I like a little ritual at night, drinking some calm tea and reading helps me get into a space of really relaxing my nervous system. So having that control over your own schedule, your own routines, at least what you can control. All right, number six, you live without a plan. 
Now, routines and plans kind of go together, but plan is a little different. So we plan for the day, for the week, the month, the whole year. I'm a big planner. I like to know a year in advance, you know, the blocks of time that I'm in 100% control over, meaning I'm not going to be on anyone else's schedule. So I'm talking about when I'm not at school doing my thing and I have 100% control of my schedule, what am I going to be doing during those times? What trip am I going to take? What, uh, what am I going to, am I going to take extra downtime just to rest and rejuvenate and relax by, you know, spending more time running or walking or, you know, reading a book or seeing friends. So planning is super key for each day, even thinking about, uh, you know, what are the absolute musts that you have to get done in any given day? What are your goals for that week and for the year? So when you live without a plan and things just, and this goes with everything, like how you're organizing your life, your finances, your fun time. Having a plan is so important to creating exactly what you would love to be and do and see in the world. Will it always go according to plan? No, likely not. Some things absolutely will. But those plan, having a plan in place will definitely help you start headed in the direction that you want to be in terms of who is that um, that person that you're becoming as you go on to this path of awakening, where do you want to head? So having that plan. So if you're doing an audit and you feel like, okay, I'm not really planning. I'm just kind of winging it. All right, now is the time to start planning. Start getting that commitment to being a better planner daily, weekly, and monthly. And number seven, you're not using intentions. Intentions Oh my goodness, I love intentions. Intentions are like an internal guidance system. I use them every morning where you think about, and I use this in my meditation prayer practice, that I think about my struggles and where I want to shift for that day. As I reflect on the day before and where I want to head the next day, what is that energy I want to put in motion to be my magic potion for the day? It could be that I want to be more confident that day if I'm giving a talk or a presentation. I definitely might be saying to myself, you know, that my intention is to be confident. That's the energy that I want to start creating, you know, even in the morning before that presentation. It could be I you know, you want to create a sense of calm. Things have been really stressful. So calm would be your, your intention. You know, there are seasons where things just are chaotic in our life, you know, because there are certain things we can't control and we can control our response to them. So intentions are really powerful. So make sure you're setting your intentions. If you're not, it seems like a silly thing. Some of these seem like so simple And yet they're so incredibly challenging. That's the paradox. Simple but yet challenging. And and most of the time we're in our own way because we have these deep and grooved patterns of behavior and conditioning that were formed when we were younger or intergenerationally. And we're not even aware that we're doing these things. And the, the awesome gift of 
mindful-based practices, yoga, meditation, contemplative practices, um, you know, uh, is that they shed light on these ways of being that are not our best self. And we can, we can shift in, in a direction where we're really living um, the joy and the calm and the peace amidst the chaos of everyday life because the chaos isn't going to shift right like it will be there it's how we walk and dance through that chaos all right number eight your self-care practice is likely inconsistent so this is one way you're probably destroying your calm is that sometimes you hop on that self-care train you're like I'm gonna do this exercise routine I'm gonna try this diet I'm gonna do this and it works for a little while and you're on it for a few weeks or maybe even longer, and then something happens, and you don't do it one day, and then one day adds on, and all of a sudden, a whole week or month goes by, and you haven't stayed committed like you said you were going to. So getting yourself back into that commitment of taking care of yourself, and and by self-care, I mean caring for your mind, uh, your body, and your spirit. So doing meditation, mindfulness practices, doing something physically challenging, whether it's through like whatever exercise you like, um, you know, strength training, going to the gym, doing the bike, Peloton, running, tennis, like there's so much that you can do that you um, will discover that you love or maybe you want to try something else. So And the spirit is, you know, could be anything like reading a spiritual book, attending a service that's, um, you know, in alignment with your own faith and religion. Um, If you're not religious, you know, you you find something um, else that resonates, uh, art, walking in nature, any of those things, making sure you're doing that on a consistent basis. All right, so number nine, you're not committed to changing the unhealthy patterns in your life. These are behavior patterns, and behavior patterns are so hard because if we're not aware of them, number one, how do we know we need to shift them? (laughs) So becoming aware of our behavior patterns is super important. How do we do that? Well, you know, we can't just say, hey, you know, Athea, become aware. Like I'm having this conversation in my mind. Hey, Athea, become aware of your behavior patterns that are unhealthy. It doesn't happen that way. We learn our unhealthy behavior patterns through those that we're in relationship with. (laughs) Whether it's at work or personally, we learn about those. And if we're open to the uncomfortable feelings that it might bring up about the things that we're doing that are not awesome to the other person or the team that we're working on. And we can navigate that uncomfortable feeling by staying grounded and doing our meditation and doing our, our physical practices, our spiritual practices that helps us, that, that keeps us anchored and, and, and reminding us to give ourselves grace as we go through that like internal resistance, but yet we also see, well, you know, multiple people keep saying this, you know, something's got to be truthful about this, even if I'm not feeling it. And then 
no doubt you give enough attention to it, you'll likely see, oh, wow, that person was right. This is not a great pattern that I have. And how can I work to shift it? And while you can do all the other things, sometimes it's really important to schedule time with a therapist or a coach, you know. I mean, coaches, um, life coaches are great. And I particularly particularly love coaching myself but at the same time there will be issues coming up especially excuse me if you've experienced trauma and haven't we all so schedule yourself some time with a therapist I've mentioned this so many times on the podcast before and one season sometimes isn't enough sometimes it is and you need to go back and you need to work on another layer so Check in with yourself about that. And then number 10. Are we already to number 10? Yeah. So number 10 is you see drama and codependency and attachment, or I should say over-attachment, as love. And this a lot of times stems from how you were raised. Maybe the love that you got when you were raised was through what I called drama trauma. There was always drama. This is how people were. It feels normal. It feels comfortable. And then you get into relating with someone, either as a friend. This could happen professionally. This could happen in any type of relationship. And you don't feel the love because it's so beyond what normal is for you. Normal was chaos and yelling and cutting people down and pointing out their you know uh deficits and who they you know like in their own behavior criticizing and you know your joy and your happiness being dependent on someone else's state of mind thinking about the word codependency here and your over attachment to who they are and their success as your own happiness and success and so that definitely is um, a way to destroy your calm if you feel like you have any pattern like that in any of your relationships you know this might lead back to what I was saying in number nine you know definitely schedule a session with a therapist and talk about some of those patterns and um, and look at why you know you may be experiencing these things as love when they're actually toxic so there you have it friends those are 10 ways you're destroying your calm they are all things that I have personally experienced I have not perfected them but I am have grown by leaps and bounds if you were to ask me where I was at with each of these over a decade ago I was not very great at most of them. I've been, you know, probably a planner, routine type person most of my life. Mm, But not so much was not perfect. Well, I don't even want to use the word perfect, but I was not progressing in um, these other categories. I didn't even think or think to know that they were important things to live a healthy life. And so what to do at this point is that I hope that this episode at least has shined the light of awareness 
on why you might not be feeling calm and grounded in your everyday. You know, chaos will always be around us. And so it's how we navigate the chaos. And these might be some things that are adding to the chaos unnecessarily. And so you shift it and you flip it. You shift it by really getting your self-care routine in place first. Like that is number one because so much of our behavior is coming from what's happening on the inside. So get into, you know, your meditation, your mindfulness, download a meditation app. I uh, like Insight Timer and I just started doing a friend of mine has a program for different schools um, um, and she part of it her name is Beth Reese actually Beth's been on the podcast and she has a company called Yoginos Yoga for Youth and as part of one of her programs that she offers different schools uh, part of being involved in that program you get access to the 10% happier app And I've been looking at their work-life balance challenge. So these are just some things in the app. So there's just so many different ways that you can get your self-care routine um, back on track or shake things up a little bit and get back into alignment in mind, body, and spirit. And then you, um, you you tackle those other issues. It's hard to tackle those issues without being in alignment in mind, body, spirit. Because if you're feeling really chaotic inside, you're going to keep creating that chaos on the outside. We've already said the world is chaotic as it is. We want to minimize what we can. And the 10 things I mentioned today will definitely help you minimize the chaos so you can navigate the chaos around you with more uh, calm and peace and groundedness so keep your spark in action and I have full faith that if you're listening to this podcast that something I've said today will spark a little curiosity a little wondering inside of you for you to go put in action in your own unique way. I'm voting your victory. I, um, again, just think of this as like a little audit. You can take what I've said and do a walk or journal and or just take one of the things that I mentioned and shine just a little light of awareness on that one thing that perhaps needs shifting and flipping and spend a little bit of time you know, investigating that and then maybe take them one at a time or take the ones that just resonated with you most where, you know, like like these are challenging areas for yourself and reflect on them again and see what new layer can I uncover? Can I discover? What step and leap forward can I take by uh, working on this and shifting it and flipping it? <laughs> it's been... So awesome to be with you today here on episode 134 of Mindful Living with Athea Davis. You have been listening to 10 Ways 
you're destroying your calm. You know, I don't want you out there destroying your calm. I want you out there getting your calm, peace, presence, all the things back into balance so you can live in alignment with your best self, living your truth and your values. And this will definitely help you take leaps and bounds forward. And I love you voting your victory. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening. I hope today's episode brought you tons of value and made your day feel a little extra vibrant. Share it with your people and take a moment to subscribe to the show. And let's stay connected. You can follow me on social media at Athea Davis, A-T-H-E-A-D-A-V-I-S, at Athea Davis, or visit my website, atheadavis.com, to sign up for The A-List, my free mindful living monthly resource, keeping you in the know for all the things to help you grow and glow. And you can also learn more about my programs, books, and resources. Until next time, have an awesome sauce day 